Joining us right now on our guest hotline, University of South Carolina Athletics Hall of Fame member, also a member of the New York Giants and the Minnesota Vikings. Had him on throughout the football season. We bring him back for the big game this weekend. So we say hello to the pastor of pain. As Corey Miller joins us on the phone lines this afternoon. Corey, how you doing? Welcome in. What's up, guys? Hope you're doing well this afternoon. We are doing very well. How about you? I see you all over Twitter spreading the gospel. It looks like you're out in Texas. Yeah, I was out at uh, Grapevine, Texas, uh, for Shriners International uh, Conference. Uh, kick things off, help them, you know, promote membership and fundraising so they can to do uh, some great things in our community, helping the children, you know, the children's hospital. And, and uh, you know, just been, been amazing. I've been doing a couple events with them in the years past, and this one didn't disappoint. Uh, the only bad thing was in uh, – in a territory where a team hasn't won a Super Bowl or NFC Championship game in 28 years, so I had to remind all the Dallas fans out there about that. <laughs> so they didn't take that too kindly, but without the preaching and everything else went well. So, what's more difficult for you, trying to sack an NFL quarterback or public speaking? What, which one's more difficult? Yes, sir. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, you know, I, I, public speaking now has. Kind of like football. It's just like riding a bike, you know. I do it so much. It's don't think about it. You know, you go in, you're prepared. You know, uh, you know, kind of what you're going to talk about, and and then you use just the feel, you know, uh, feel of the room, the audience, uh, you know, and, and just go with the flow. I'm I'm a guy that don't write speeches. Uh, I don't write sermons. Uh, I believe in just preparing, studying, knowing that the word is in you, and and ask God to help you deliver it. And uh, it normally goes well. You know, when I try to do what I think is best or what the people want to hear, it, it normally don't go as well. So uh, I think it's about the same. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I, I pursue it. I, I bring pressure. Um, and I have a good time, you know, enjoying it. It's a lot of joy. So uh, I think I will put them both on par with each other. USC Hall of Fame member Corey Miller with us here tonight. And, Corey, refresh my memory. If I'm not mistaken, you were drafted right after the Giants won their Super Bowl back in 1990, correct? That is correct. So what Desert was it Storm, like? Going... That was uh, Whitney Houston and Desert Storm. Mm-hmm. Still probably Florida, the yeah. best national anthem performance in the history of the Super Bowl. But, anywho, yeah. uh, it, what was it like being drafted into a franchise coming off a Super Bowl? How much pressure was on the incoming rookie class to try and maintain and continue that <laughs> solid play? It was tough, you know, uh, watching that game. And, you know, I've always idolized Bunk Taylor, the Giants' defense. Uh, and then when you get that phone call from George Young, who was the general manager at the time, and Bill Parcells just saying that, hey, we're going to bring you in, we drafted you. Uh, you know, be on the plane the next day, you're out, and, and uh, listen to Parcells basically tell the rookies, hey, we just won the Super Bowl. We don't really need any of you. <laughs> the bus going to be at 7 a.m. You get on it, or if you don't get on it, we're good. I keep all the guys that just won the Super Bowl with. So that right there caused a lot of anxiousness, right? But, um, you know, you get to, to that stadium, and you, I was 57, so I had, you know, Carl Banks and LT and, and Pepper Johnson, all these guys that been at Marshall, you know, that you saw played, you right there in the middle of them. Uh, it was awesome. It was nerve-wracking, but, you know, after you get that first hit, you know, getting a hold on with them and, you know, hey, I can play this game at a high level too. And 
Uh, it was great, though. Man. You know, there really wasn't any pressure because it really just becomes like, this is my dream, man. This is what I always wanted to do, and I'm here, and I'm going to take the full advantage of it. And, and uh, I blended in very well as a, as a Giants linebacker. Corey Miller with us here tonight. Looking forward to Super Bowl 57, Kansas City and Philadelphia on Sunday. My guess is you do not want Philadelphia to win, having been a longtime division rival with the Giants. However, how do you see Sunday playing out? Well, you know, that situation was kind of strange. I was doing an interview uh, the other day, and uh, people have asked me about that. You know, being in the NFC East, uh, you know, tell the folks there in the grapevine, I don't like Dallas. I don't like the Eagles either. I mean, the Eagles could be worse. I mean, you know, Donald Stanley's wearing the Eagles jersey on the sideline. You know, but, you know, it just really drives me nuts. But, but here's the thing, you know, I have an issue. You know, being at my son Christian played at Alabama, I'm really, really good friends with Jalen Hurts' father, Avion Hurts. Uh, we became really good friends over, you know, the five years that uh, Christian played down there in Tuscaloosa. And so I got to pull for Jalen, right? I got to pull for Devonta. You know, these are teammates. I think Christian has four teammates on the Eagles team and none on the Kansas City team. No Gamecocks on that team either. So, uh, but I am a fan of Patrick Mahomes. But, I, you know, I, I'm kind of with my head, I guess with my head or heart, hoping that the Eagles win, knowing what Jalen went through, having to be replaced, you know, in the national championship game uh, against Georgia and then coming in and resurrecting Alabama and the, the next year in the SEC championship game. And I have so much, you know, gratitude and respect for him as a player, knowing how hard he's worked to get where he is. And so it's hard to pull against uh, him. I mean, I'm going to pull for the players. If the Eagles lose, I'm not going to cry about it. I can tell you that. <laughs> so if you were on Kansas City's defense, how would you get to Jalen Hurts uh, up against what most people believe is the best offensive line in football right now? Yeah, they're really good up front. I mean, they do a phenomenal job. And But when you think about the, the offense, you know, the RPO game, zone reads, and the things like that, it's very difficult. It puts, as a linebacker, I can tell you, it puts a lot of pressure on you. I kind of liken it to playing against an option. You know, option you got to be disciplined, right? You can't just come off the ball like you normally do. You got to play slow, play everything. You know, as he puts in the belly of that back, he's going to give it. He's going to keep it. You know, he's reading that defensive end sometimes the outside linebacker. You know, so you have to play a little bit cautious. It's hard. It puts a lot of pressure on the defense, and I think that's going to happen with Kansas City. You know, Kansas City is not a great defense. Uh, they're opportunistic, and they're better, I think, when it's third and long when they're passing situation, but they've been horrible against stopping the run, and that's a concern for me for the Chiefs. Um, and this, the way they run the ball, their run game is tremendous, because if you look at the San Francisco tape, and you look at Fred Warner, who I think is the best inside linebacker in the game right now, he basically had to freeze, you know, before you decide what you're going to do. Um, because you go running up in there, the A gap or the B gap, he pulls it, you know, here goes Jalen. No, no, he's not running it. He's going to throw the RPO game. So it's like run pass options are very, very hard. So, you know, you have to be extremely sound. You've got to be great on first down. You want to make them one-dimensional. You want to make them, Jalen Hurts in this case, beat you throwing the football. He's a much better passer. But I would take my chance on him throwing it 30 times than letting them get in their rhythm. I mean, because one mistake, touchdown. We've seen it numerous times. Mm-hmm. So if you you know you don't have the right gap, you, you, your gap, the sound is off. They're going to exploit you in the run game. They're going to get those explosive plays. So you know this is going to be one of those games. And, and I've said this 
on the show earlier today. Uh, you know, if, if, if Philadelphia is able to run for 150 or more yards, they're going to win the game. I just They're going to be ball control, Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. It's going to be extremely difficult for them uh, to win this football game. So it's going to be fun to watch the chess matchup, uh, you know, how they just try to defend this offense because it's really, really difficult. Offensive line is great, but the way they run the football and RPOs just puts tremendous pressure on the defense. So, Corey, put yourself in Andy Reid's shoes knowing that, and if they can play ball control, it would appear that Kansas City almost has to score every time they have the football. So with that offense as explosive as it is, can KC hope to perhaps outscore Philadelphia on Sunday? I think so. You know, Patrick Holmes is a bad man. You know what I mean? He is phenomenal. And, and you know, Andy Reid, uh, you know, Eric the enemy, the offensive coordinator, is going to draw up something. They're not going to come out with a basic Kansas City offense. You've got to understand Andy Reid. He's going to have some different plays uh, to run in this ball game. They're going to do something different. They're going to try to steal possessions. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey, you know, they got everything that they need to do offensively. You know, I have a little bit concerned because in the, the uh, AFC Championship game, I mean, the three wide receivers starting guys went out. Uh, so, but Patrick Mahomes still got the ball in the hands of playmakers. Uh, and that's why it's hard to bet against him. I mean, he just phenomenal. We talk about a high ankle sprain. I mean, when he had to run it and get the first down, he got it. Um, he stood in the pocket. He changed his game a little bit uh, more so. To, you know, he's on those off-schedule plays and moving around in the pocket. He's tremendous at that, but he's shown last week, hey, two weeks ago, if I didn't stand in the pocket, I can do that too. So, it, to answer your question, absolutely. Especially those guys, the receivers are healthy with Travis Kelsey, those backs, McKinnon, those guys, I mean, they're a trio back that they use, uh, Pacheco, all these guys are good runners, they good catches out of the backfield. They have a phenomenal offensive system, so if they need to score 40, you know, Kansas City can score 40 if it comes to that shootout. And if they are in a shootout, matter of fact, I like Kansas City better than Philadelphia in that type of ballgame. Let you get out of here on this. Back to your days with the New York Giants, especially coming off that Super Bowl run they had during the 1990 regular season. What did you learn from the veterans about how they handled Super Bowl week and how difficult is that Super Bowl week leading up to the game with tickets and media and the whole nine yards? And obviously it's gotten much, much worse, I would think, in terms of demands on the players. But what did you take from the guys like, say, Lawrence Taylor and how they handled the Super Bowl week? Well, you know, the biggest thing was the tickets. I just remember the guys – you know, trying to figure out how they're going to distribute those tickets. You're going to get all kinds of calls from family members and everybody who now all of a sudden know who you are and you, this is this is your cousin, four fifth cousin, and Uncle JoJo and Aunt Betsy and everybody's calling you. You know, want tickets. So that that was the biggest thing. Number two is how do you deal with the media? You know, you know it's, it's crazy media from all over the United States. Matter of fact, all over the world. Uh, you got to deal with that. Um, and then the parties, all the extracurricular activities, you know, you've got to be very disciplined in your free time, not getting caught up in the hype. I can tell you this from, you know, not just learning from my teammates who play the Super Bowls, but covering the Super Bowls, knowing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, guys that have been there before is that, you know, you've got to be disciplined. You know, you've got to get your rest. You've got to, uh, you know, really monitor your time well, not getting caught up in all the pageantry and the theatrics that goes along with the Super Bowl. It's a business trip. It's not, hey, we're at Disney World or some, you know, no, no, no. This is business. And a team that is able to handle that. Matter of fact, in one of my breakdowns, I said just that. I like Kansas City because they've been there. 
Jalen Hurts haven't been there. Those guys, the Eagles, some of those guys haven't been there. I know they won Super Bowl a few years back, but maybe they don't handle that as well, right? Uh, and I think Kansas City's going to be ready for the moment. And Andy Reid been there numerous times. He's going to have this team prepared. But, you know, I can tell you this, the Buffalo Bills went to four straight Super Bowls and lost all of them. And back in the day, knowing Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, you know, Bruce Smith, you know, Andre Reid, I'm friends with all these guys. They got caught up in the scene. They were a team that liked the festivities and the fun, right? Hmm. And they didn't perform well. They, they went 0-4. So you have to be able to handle all of the extras that come with it because everything is going on around you. Hey, matter of fact, there's a golf event happening the same week, by the way. You know, the Phoenix <laughs> Open is going on. So the team that handles the distractions the best uh, will win this football game. I mean, cause when you kick it off, it's just blocking and tackling. It's football as we know it, and uh, you just go play the game. But I, you know, I love the fact we got two black quarterbacks for the first time facing yeah. each other. We've had black quarterback winning, obviously, but but two black quarterbacks facing each other for the first time is is amazing to me. So I'm excited about that, and I think it's going to be a really really good game. I'm 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 saying the Eagles going to win this game. Um, I think they're going to pull it out. But if Patrick Mahomes gets the second Super Bowl, I wouldn't be disappointed. And probably a little bit more happy because Tom Stanley won't be tweeting all the time and all these eagles come up, fly eagles flying, climbing up buildings and light poles and all the foolishness that they do. Well, obviously, I've got to ask you now, since you brought Don Staley up, what do you see happening, the appetizer to the Super Bowl on Sunday with the USC women going for their 31st straight win against LSU? Man, you know, uh, this team is so prepared. I love the fact that how she sets her schedule up. And I know people ask her, why do you play these hard games in regular season? You know, why do you play UCLA and UConn and all these? Because they are preparing her for one conference play and teams like LSU. And then once they get into the tournament, this is a very, very excellent basketball team. Uh, too deep. Matter of fact, their second team might be a top 10 team if they went up broke off. They will be at the top 10 because their bench scoring is just as much as the starters. And, uh, you know, Raven come off the bench. I mean, they, they, they attack you in many ways. They wear you down defensively. They're long. They, they, they rebound the basketball. Um, but this is going to be a game, I think, at home at the CLA. Uh, the fans are going to be great. It's going to be loud. Uh, and I think, you know, what they have said about this basketball team, from calling them thugs and are they beating up players and what Gino's been saying, um, I think this team is going to be fired up and ready to go and show that they are the standard in women's college basketball, and for sure the standard in SEC in women's basketball. And I, I would expect nothing less uh, than this team being ready to go and winning this basketball game. USC Hall of Famer, former New York Giant and Minnesota Viking, uh, Corey Miller with us, the pastor of Payne here tonight to look forward to Super Bowl 57 on Sunday. Corey, outstanding stuff. Glad to get you back on one final time before the uh, football season comes to a conclusion. Enjoy the game on Sunday, and we'll talk back to you in the fall. Sounds good, guys. One more thing. It's Phil Cornblue with Aaron Rodgers and Four Days of Darkness somewhere. You, you think Phil is saying he's in Chicago, but they're, him and Aaron Rodgers probably like kumbaya in a dark room and they can't see daylight for four days. I want him. That's where he's at. I think it's he's in the room It's an interesting theory. It, it really is. It's an interesting theory. I think you may be on to something, Corey. Thank you, pal. All right, guys. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. You too. That's Corey Miller, the pastor of Payne. I hadn't thought about that, Pat. 
Phil says he's in Chicago visiting with his family up there, but uh, maybe he went to Green Bay to pick up Aaron Rodgers and take him into some dark cave somewhere. We can neither confirm nor deny the reports of <laughs> Phil Kornblut and Aaron Rodgers being together. <laughs> <laughs> Could you possibly imagine those two in a dark cave? It'd be really interesting.